Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. It's very difficult at times to appreciate a good thing until you're shown a disastrous alternative. And in today's program, we're going to see that if we don't want Jesus, who we get in his place is beyond description. Now, our series is entitled, The Coming King, Understanding the Book of Zechariah, a verse-by-verse commentary. And in this wonderful, wonderful prophetic book of Zechariah, we learn a fair bit about Jesus, and especially some prophecies given that have stunning fulfillment in the gospel narrative. For example, the triumphal entry of Jesus is written in Zechariah 9 and verse 9, as well as the betrayal of Jesus for 30 pieces of silver is prophesied in Zechariah chapter 11 and verse 12. And so these are all things to keep in mind, that how do we know if something is the word of the Lord? Well, we know it's the word of the Lord because it comes to pass. And as we learned in the last lesson, if it comes to pass and comes to pass quickly, we're like doubly assured that what we're hearing is the word of the Lord. Can I say we live in a day where we desperately need the word of the Lord? We face situations that are big, complex, and unprecedented. Even highly motivated and intelligent leaders are unsure what to do next. But fortunately, There's a God in heaven who knows exactly what to do, and he's also able to change things around. This is a God that can lower mountains, raise up valleys, make the crooked way straight, and smooth out the rough places. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So he knows what to do, and he's got the power to change things. We really need to submit to this God, especially because he's made such submission possible through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ died, was buried, rose again, according to the scriptures, so that we can have peace with God, forgiveness of sins, the new birth, and the gift of eternal life. Our portion is Zechariah 11, verses 12 to 17. Zechariah 11, 12 to 17. Now, of course, we learn about the throwing of the 30 pieces of silver, or the giving of the 30 pieces of silver, which actually will be thrown at the potter in the house of the Lord. It's not going to be kept. And isn't that what Judas did? He took the 30 pieces of silver after he felt remorse for betraying Jesus. He didn't want the money. The chief priests didn't want it either because it was blood money. So what did he do? He throws the money into the temple and then goes out and hangs himself. Anyway, the silver is thrown back into the house of God. There is broken unity because, remember, the two staffs, beauty and bands, or favor and union, they were both meant to care for 
Israel, but instead they're broken, symbolizing the thwarted unity of Israel and Judah. Because also they don't want the genuine shepherd, they're going to end up with a foolish shepherd. In fact, I call it a disastrous shepherd. So it says here in verse 16 of Zechariah 11, For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that be cut off, neither shall seek the young ones, nor heal that which is broken, nor feed that that standeth in the way. Still, but he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws in pieces. Basically, this is a disaster shepherd, and it probably ultimately has its fulfillment in the worst of them all, and that's the Antichrist. He's the one that's going to feign being a good leader that brings peace and prosperity to the world, and then he will double-cross. But mind you, the bad shepherd syndrome is not just limited to an Antichrist, and that's why the final verse, Zechariah eleven seventeen, is a warning to any idle shepherd or any worthless shepherd, don't you dare leave the flock, or you will face the ultimate punishment. All right, now let's read the entire passage found in Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 to 17. Again, the reference, Zechariah 11, 12 to 17. And I said unto them, if ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was prized at of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Then I cut asunder mine other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. And the Lord said unto me, Take unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd, for lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that be cut off. Neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that that is broken, nor feed that that standeth still. But he shall eat the flesh of the fat, and tear their claws in pieces. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm, and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. This is Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 to 17. All right, this lesson is entitled, The Foolish Shepherd. After all, there are wise and there are fools. If we reject wisdom and the wise, then we get foolishness, folly, and so on. It's really that stark. And I'm a student of Proverbs. I read it every day. I've written one book on it so far. I hope to write another. And I can tell you that that's really the result. You reject God's wise, gracious, wonderful gift, and you're going to get folly instead. Here, the sheep representing the house of Israel are predicted to reject King Messiah, the Good Shepherd. So, who will they get in his place? They're going to get the foolish shepherd. And as we're going to see, he's a disaster on two legs. Now, first of all, remember that Messiah was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. This was the price you paid for a slave that was gored by an ox 
according to Exodus chapter 21 and verse 32. This was the amount of money the priests paid to Judas Iscariot in order to betray Jesus. And that's in Matthew 27, verses 3 to 10. It's a pretty disturbing scenario, and it just seems to get worse. In fact, it'll get so worse that when it comes to Zechariah 12 and onward, we have some riveting end-time prophecy. What we're reading here is really describing both the first coming of Jesus, his rejection of his people. In fact, it says in the very first chapter of John 1, he came unto his own, that means his own people, and his own received him not. I believe that's verse 11 of John chapter 1. Fortunately, there's John chapter 1, verse 12, the next verse. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Praise God for those that say yes, but they seem to be the minority. For as Jesus himself tells us, many are called, but few are chosen. And I've long been saying that I believe the chosen are the people that merely say yes to God's gracious invitation. Therefore, let's begin now to unpack this passage furthermore. Verse 13 of Zechariah 11. God told Zechariah to take the 30 pieces of silver and throw them to the potter. Because after all, this is an insulting price to pay for what really is a priceless shepherd. So the prophet, in obedience, threw the silver into the house of the Lord towards the potter. I'd like to read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, beginning with verse 3, what I think is the fulfillment of this passage of Zechariah 11 and verse 13. It says, Matthew 27, 3, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and departed, and went, and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the silver pieces, and said, It is not lawful for to put them in the treasury, because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. Oh, well, this is a remarkable, remarkable prophecy. And it's fulfilled in the Gospels. So, the 30 pieces of silver are now thrown back. And in verse 14 of Zechariah 11, we have what is called the broken unity. Zechariah takes the other staff. Now, remember, he had two. One was called beauty, the other called bands, or one was called favor, the other union. Already in the earlier lesson, he broke the one called beauty. Now he's going to break the other called bands, because bands is talking about union, like a rubber band tying pieces together, holding pieces together. So he cuts this staff in two, 
And basically, the cutting of the staff symbolizes the thwarted unity of Israel and Judah. Now, let's remember our history again. Under Saul, David, and Solomon, these were the kings of Israel, and they had a united monarchy. But because Solomon, who was so loved and favored of God and given wisdom beyond any man, but he didn't remain in the wisdom. He didn't stay faithful to God. So God basically said, look, I'm going to cut the kingdom in half because of your disobedience. Well, it didn't happen in Solomon's day, but it happened in the day of his successor and son, Rehoboam. And because of a very, very unfortunate exchange between Rehoboam and a leader called Jeroboam, and Rehoboam basically uh, was not going to be helpful in any way, Jeroboam says, okay, well then, if you're not going to be reasonable here, I'm going to take the ten tribes, and we're going to basically form our own kingdom. And he did. He formed a kingdom called the Northern Kingdom of Israel, with the ten tribes, and Judah is left with one other tribe, and so they become two separate kingdoms. That which was once under one crown now is under two crowns. Kingdom of Judah in the south with Jerusalem as the capital, and the kingdom of Israel in the north with more than one capital and several dynasties and 19 kings, and all of them were declared evil because they did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord God. As far as Judah was concerned, they had 20 kings and only eight did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Not a good track record. But anyway, the good news is that there is a king coming who will unite the tribes and bless the world. In the process. However, that unity would not be yet simply because they rejected the king, the Messiah. So, this other staff called Union is broken. Israel and Judah will remain separate and scattered for the time being. Zechariah 11:15. We learn about the foolish shepherd. God commands Zechariah to take the instruments of a foolish shepherd. Because if Israel does not want the good shepherd, described in John chapter 10, if Israel doesn't want to let the Lord their God be their shepherd, as David so masterfully wrote in the 23rd Psalm, then their leader is not only going to be not a good shepherd, he's going to be a walking disaster. And this is what happens in the world. Because the world doesn't want what is of God, what is of the Word, what is of Christ, what is good, what does the world get? They get the opposite. And it is always catastrophic. We read some more of this in Zechariah eleven sixteen. In Zechariah eleven sixteen, For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that be cut off. Neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that that is broken, nor feed that that is standeth still. But he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws in pieces. Man, this guy sounds like a maniac. And well, it probably is a description of a future Antichrist figure, the Antichrist. And we have all kinds of references like Second Thessalonians 2 verses 3 to 10, Revelation 13, Ezekiel 34, 2-4, all I can tell you is he would be totally negligent in his duties. 
He won't visit those that are cut off. He won't nurture the young lambs. He will not heal those that are in need. He pretty much just feeds himself, and then he reacts very, very violently. That's what it says. He'll tear claws in pieces. There have been false shepherds throughout history, but this guy is the grandest of them all. And our last verse, verse 17 of Zechariah 11, Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. All right. So this is a warning to the idle shepherd. Woe to him. He leaves the flock or deserts them. He will face the sword on his arm where he labors. His right eye, which is where he sees, will also be darkened. That means, in essence, his strength will fail and he will be blinded. Now, this warning is to all worthless shepherds who do not fulfill their God-given commission and hence become a stumbling block for the sheep. Now, our lesson has been entitled, The Foolish Shepherd. Zechariah 11, verses 12 to 17. What can be our lesson for life? Well, let's put it on a positive note. Our lesson for life is be faithful to the people God commits to your care, and your reward will be great. Again, be faithful to the people God commits to your care, and your reward will be great. Remember to go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. This email is equipping you to be future ready through articles on the scripture, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's Word. You can also visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you are the Good Shepherd. You lead, feed, guide, provide, and protect the flock. We willingly submit to your care, and thank you that as our shepherd, we have nothing to worry about. We are in the best hands. For this we praise you, In the name of our King, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.